In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 26 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, I'm joined once again by my very good guest, Josiah Mills. Welcome back, dude. How have you been lately? Oh, good, man. Just um, busy life, lots of stuff to do, but having fun, you know? Awesome. Yeah, can't can't beat that. Got to stay busy. Absolutely. Yeah, buying a house, that's big. Yeah, crazy. that's exciting. I'm a, I, I, t- talk to me about that the other day. Show me some pictures. Uh, excited, man. When are you guys looking to move in? Uh, hopefully, if everything goes smoothly, uh, hopefully around March, if not beginning of April, hopefully. Sweet. Fingers crossed, yeah. We'll be neighbors then, man. Oh, I'm excited. Man. More podcasts, right? Bringing more content to the people. Yes, that's what absolutely. I'm all about. Awesome. <laughs> what have you been playing lately, dude? The only thing, and we're going to talk about it today, so I won't spoil anything, but that's what <laughs> I've been playing. Non-stop, 100%. All right. I have a feeling I know what you've been playing then. Exactly. So I won't I have, spoil it. I have, <laughs> well, I have well, been hey, playing. Hmm. They're, they're going to know by the title. So Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what you were. I thought that was the whole point yeah, of your joke. I was exactly. like, ah, this guy's clever. They clicked on the podcast knowing what they're getting into. Um, but nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing that as well a fair bit. Uh, I've been playing Apex Legends still, which is incredible. Yeah. Have you jumped into that yet? Oh man, I'm no, I'm so bad. I'm I'm la- always late to the game. I'm gonna get on it, and then everyone's gonna move to something else. I Almost have a no. feeling this is gonna stick around for some time. So, Lord, I hope so. It looks awesome. It is fantastic. It's free, so there's no reason you should not give it a shot. Absolutely. And if it comes to Switch, I'm all about that. There are rumors pointing to that, so we'll see. Oof, oof. Uh, I think, though, the definitive version would be on your Xbox One. Just yeah. graphically, it's a beautiful game. Definitely isn't going to look as good on Switch if they do bring it over, but that's okay. Too uh, true. Another free game that I've been playing lately that came out of absolutely nowhere, Tetris 99 on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, Have dang. you popped into that yet? Uh, you know what? I... <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> but, but you know what? I saw when it was announced and yeah. it looked freaking awesome. It looked great. I, graphically, it was f- fun to, it's, you know, yeah, it's fun. visually pleasing. And yeah, I like all the new stuff that they were talking about. So, it's so here's the thing. I am not a Tetris fan. I didn't grow up playing Tetris, um, you know, religiously, like a lot of people had in the 90s and, uh, and 80s, late 80s. Um, uh, but I've always respected it. I know that it's one of the biggest games of all time. Uh, it's, it's beloved by so many people, old and young. Um, uh, and I am having a blast with this game, dude. Like I, awesome. I, it really did like, uh, last year with Tetris effect on PS4. Yes. That, I popped in there and that is an experience. My friend, that is one Tetris. thing that you got to come over and put on the, the VR headset for this thing. It is incredible, dude. It is. Man. It is Tetris a new- making the round again. It's yeah, dude. Timeless. And and this is the exact opposite of Tetris effect. The, the calm serene experience that you get with the 
music and the particle effects and 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 everything then you jump over to tetris 99 and it's just like a free-for-all shit show with 98 other people trying to make you lose and it's like the most intense uh like heart pounding action and it's a tetris game so you know yeah well i saw one of our uh one of our co-workers got it and they were playing and they've got like top like one you know they made number one i think it's cool it's that competitive thing that we all love about you know right. like shooters and why apex and fortnite and all that's popular mm-hmm. it's that competitiveness i love it i got 13th last night that's the highest i've oh, gotten so snap. far and i was feeling pretty good about myself because uh i don't i don't uh you know i don't think i'm too good at tetris i'm, I'm pretty <laughs> pretty right along the average road there so uh, I just awesome. learned about this thing called T spins, which apparently is like a a known thing for Tetris players. Didn't know that was a, <laughs> a, a technique, but I just learned about T spins, and those are your key to success, friends. Boom. Uh, anyway, before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at In Your Element Podcast, on Twitter at IYE Podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free gain a Patreon exclusive role in the in your element discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts and more. And if you have any gaming related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at in your element podcast.com. I will answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. So, uh, first bit of news that I want to kick it off with is a recap of Nintendo's uh, Direct that they held last week. So, Nintendo hosted their first proper Nintendo Direct of 2019, and uh, I wanted to highlight some of the standout announcements. First, they kicked it off with a Super Mario Maker 2 announcement, which was uh, an absolutely fantastic way to start. I was... Uh, bamboozle a bit in thinking that that was a Super Nintendo online announcement uh, because it was like Super Mario World looking footage and I was like oh my gosh here it is we're getting Super Nintendo games on Nintendo Switch online yes. and uh, I was starting to freak out and then uh, then I saw the the editing screen come up and I was like uh, okay but Super <laughs> Mario Maker so that's a good thing absolutely uh, did, did you ever play the Super Mario Maker original on Wii U Oh, absolutely. It was great. Yes. It was fantastic. It was, I was blown away by some of the stuff people created in the community there on a platform that was uh, regarded as a failure and uh, regarded as something that didn't have a big audience. So think of what people are going to do with the Switch that's got, you know, in excess of 30 million consoles in the wild uh, approximately oh, now. So who and all the new uh, all the new stuff that they're adding into with the the different enemies and uh, it looks like they're incorporating some super mario 3d world stuff that was uh, a thing yeah wii u yeah yeah and it's not it's not just a remake we're not getting a port it's not the wii u port or the 3ds port it's a right mario maker 2 yeah and so i think I, I'm, I'm excited for that um mm-hmm. it looks great and yeah the, the 3d world stuff it looks great you know some of the um like mario galaxy type stuff looks mm-hmm. exciting i'm stoked yeah I think there is a possibility that we see multiplayer as well. Yes. Uh, with the addition of Luigi on the cover and some of the other characters um, floating around in some of those screenshots, 
it's possible that we might be able to build our own multiplayer versions like the uh, Super New Super Mario Brothers series, which would be really cool. Yes, absolutely. Sweet. You know that that's what they're doing. When I saw Mario uh, Luigi on there, this little helmet, I'm like, that, that's exactly what yeah. they're doing. I mean, wow, man, Nintendo. I was I I mean, I would have been happy with a port, but uh, I'm so glad to see that they didn't just settle for that and that they're taking it further because that is a very, very like unique franchise to have. Uh, And and by adding more stuff in there and bringing it to a much bigger audience, it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. I wonder if they're going to add different elements to like the online part when you get to play other people's games and stuff. Um, Yeah. You know, obviously you had the the competitiveness of seeing where other people failed and made it. But yeah. I wonder if they're going to bring some stuff in, like you can do it in real time with someone, you know, like online mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Ooh, if they are bringing yeah. that multiplayer, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. But because there's so much they can do there. Uh, it'd be cool to see what they really do bring to the table with that. Sure. Yeah. I think that would be, uh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, uh, that's coming out later this year. Uh, June, if I'm not mistaken, is when the release date for that one is. Uh, yeah, June 2019. So that is going to be a great way to kick off the summertime right around E3 time, which I'm sure we're going to get some other announcements. Oh, yes. Uh, so then the next game that they showed off uh, was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Uh, what, what are you thinking about this one? Well, I think it's interesting. So I think I mentioned on one of the other podcasts back in the day that um when the Wii came out one of the very first games i bought i bought zelda and then i went out and i bought marvel ultimate alliance only because it was one of the only ones that was available for the wii at the time yeah and at the moment when i first played it i'm like oh this is dumb and i just stopped playing it and never played it and then when i sold my wii i gave it away with it and never touched again yeah um but what i didn't realize because I, I didn't understand it and i didn't really play much of it at all to even get into the game Right. But now, you know, I'm a huge fan of like games like Diablo, mm-hmm. um, get like that. And it's essentially Diablo, but with Marvel characters. How, and I'm like, that's so cool. You can't, I mean, that's awesome. You get to play as Deadpool and play like you're playing Diablo and level right. up and the total just massive amounts of enemies. It's what's not to love about that. So, absolutely, it looks exciting. I'd obviously like to see them bring a, new spin to it that makes it a little different than Mm -hmm. some of those games like that. Something that's like, wow, this is cool. It's a mechanic that I haven't seen before, you know, to make Mm -hmm. it worth picking up. Maybe if they pull some of the, you know, like what they've done with Marvel since, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's all sorts they can do with that. Well, yeah. And I think what's, what really makes this compelling is that this is the first title that they've done since the MCU debuted. So the last Marvel ultimate Alliance game number two came out before even Iron Man, the first movie came out. So That's this is crazy. I mean, look at where we've gone in the last 10 years with Marvel Studios. Everybody's on board with this franchise, with all of these characters, and to be able to play with them all in one place now, uh, with your friends especially, being able to play online and local co-op. Uh, oh, That's fantastic, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, uh, and, and it's a Switch exclusive too, of all things. Yeah, so which I think is really perfect. cool. Because, it, you know, couch co-op is a big focus for Nintendo. I love that. Yeah. I love that they're still one of the only ones doing that. So yeah. It's perfect, you know, to have that. And mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. If they, you know, do bring it up to date with everything they've been doing with Marvel, you know, how cool would it be to, you know, stomp around as Thanos, you know? Yeah. How cool. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all in on that one too. That one's coming out this summer as well. So it's already shaping up to be a very busy summer. And this is without any word on Animal Crossing yet, Luigi's Mansion, uh, the next Pokemon game. So these are just like additional games that we're going to be getting this year, which is absolutely uh, it's going to be a big, big year. Good. Uh, year, speaking of a big year, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate has already been off to a stellar start. Uh, and they showed off, or not really showed off, but teased a spring announcement featuring uh, version 3.0, which will be coming soon. They also showed off a partial uh, character model for Joker, which is going to be the first yeah. piece of DLC coming from the Persona 5 game. And uh, didn't really show much else. They kind of just said, stay tuned. Uh, we're excited and there will be news uh, at some point in the future. Sounds like we're going to be getting version 3.0 and Joker sometime before the end of April. You know, I think the only really exciting piece of news about Joker coming to Smash Brothers is that small thing in the back of your mind saying that they're freaking bringing Persona 5 to the Switch. Don't, don't, don't tease me, Josiah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Why would they make such a big deal about having Joker on there? Like, okay, you're going to spotlight Joker. We already know he's on there. You're just going to say, oh, hey, here's Joker again. Just that's that's teasing us. I'm not teasing you. They are teasing us. <laughs> so hold on a second, because I've, I I firmly believe that they're going to bring Persona 5 to Switch. Don't get me wrong. But yes. here's what here's my I'm going to rain on the parade a little bit moment. So right. first of all, uh, Atlas teased uh, about a month ago there. They teased something called Persona 5R, which no one knows what that means. No one knows what the R stands for. Uh, but if you remember, they had Persona 4 Golden that came out on the Vita, which was kind of like a uh, uh, what like a definitive edition of Persona 4 uh, with some additional features. And that was like the, the best place to play that, right? Then yeah. they teased this Persona 5R, which people are thinking might be Persona 5 Ruby, Persona 5 Red. Don't know what the R stands for. Regardless, the trailer that they showed or the teaser um, started out with a PlayStation logo. So kind of weird mm. that they would announce something that, might be coming to Nintendo, but also show just PlayStation. That's one thing. The other thing is they came out with uh, recently, or I'm not sure if it did come out yet, uh, Persona 5, like the dancing one, the little spinoff oh, series yeah. that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a bunch of characters from all across the series, uh, including oh. Joker. And guess what console that's out on? No. 3DS. No. So. I know that that would no. be like such a lackluster way to implement Joker into Smash from a 3DS game that's a spin-off of the main series, but he's technically in there, so they could just be like, hey, no, you like this guy, go can't. play this new game that came out on 3DS. <sighs> I hope they don't do that, sir. Don't do that for, to me. Because I really have this urge to go back and replay through <laughs> Persona 5, especially because I never finished it. That's the one reason. Uh, and at this point, I'm like, well, do I go and finish my uh, my campaign on PlayStation 4? Or do I just wait for this inevitable Switch version that might be right around the corner? Or be thoroughly disappointed. You can't do that to me. That's mean, man. I Hey, I, again, I, not me. Would not be, <laughs> I, I, as much as I love Nintendo, would not be the first time I've been disappointed. Yes. But they've been, they've been on a streak. So I'm, They I'm have gonna, been. I'm still, I'm still, I'm hopeful. I still feel like we're going to get it. They've got a good relationship with Atlas when it comes to the Shin Megami Tensei games. Yes. There's a, there's a very good possibility that this happens. I just don't know if there's some weird like licensing or legality issues between them and Sony. 
since yeah. it seems like the Persona games tend to just go on Sony platforms. Well, so, so we we all know that you know uh, Shin Megami Tension is coming. When I I butchered that, whatever. We know <laughs> we know. Yeah, Five. SMT. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We know that's coming to Switch. They've already yes. kind of teased and announced that. Yeah. Maybe what if it was something where they involved Joker in that in some way and brought those two worlds together? Ooh, they could do that. Spin-off. But yeah. I don't know. I'm really hoping that because that we get Persona Five on the Switch. So, thank you, that's Super fair. Smash Brothers, for making my dreams a reality. Hopefully, a reality. Hopefully, no. I'm 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 calling it now. It's a reality. All right, that's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, the next uh, the next information dropped during the direct is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker got a free co op update, which is already available. Ooh, ooh. Uh, fantastic game. Did you play that on Wii U or have it on Switch? No, I did not get a chance. Okay. Uh, it looks, game. yeah, it looks good. It looks yeah. like, you know, something if I was trying to kill time waiting for a new Smash, uh, uh Super Mario game. Yeah. It, look, it does look entertaining. I just, it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't pay full price for it, you know. Well, it's not a full price game, Josiah. It's a $40 game. So, you know, give it a yeah. shot. Just, there's, they do have a demo, by the way, that you can play for free in the do eShop. They? They oh, do. Fair enough. So I'll tell you now, I had this game on Wii U and it is definitely a, uh, I was just desperate for some kind of software on that platform. So I was like, anything Nintendo is going to give, I'll buy it. <laughs> so uh, I definitely picked it up. It was, it's basically a spinoff of, uh, it was like a little mini game within Super Mario 3D World, if you yeah. recall. So they yes. had those like little mini puzzle things, but they really spun it off into this really fun game. It's, uh, you know, the big mechanic is that Toad can't jump. So you're basically just doing these like isometric puzzle uh, platforming to an extent uh, yeah. these and collecting items and, and these cute little maps. Uh, it was, it's a fun game. Uh, yeah. I've tossed around the idea of picking it up again on Switch um, because they do have some Mario Odyssey content in there. Uh, but now that they have a new special episode DLC that's coming out, it's only six bucks for this DLC, by the way, which is Dang, incredible so that they're supporting this game that's technically probably five or six years old at this point. Um, 18 new challenges, five courses. You can play the first one now if you buy the DLC. It all comes out March 14th, and they're bundling it with the full game um, as well during that time. So nice. if you haven't jumped in, this is a fun game. It's a, Absolutely. It's, it's a nice, uh, casual, just kick back and relax kind of game. There's not a lot of pressure. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to collect. So if you're a completionist, there's quite a bit to do there. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give it a whirl now. Yeah, yeah, it's it, at least at least try the demo. It's it yeah. is a fun game. I think uh, yeah. I think you would enjoy it. Um, well, yeah. Play with the boys too, you know. Hey, Get that there you co-op go. That's going. I Since love you it. Got co-op on there now. Oh, that, uh, that is cool. Another game that stood out to me is uh, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, which uh, finally got a summer release window. We don't have yes. an exact date yet. Uh, I'm not sure if that game is actually going to be coming out in the summertime because it did get delayed, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, this is the, I believe the, uh, spiritual successor to the Castlevania games. There's mm-hmm. some folks working on it that worked on the Castlevania series. And because Konami doesn't want to bless us with one of those games, uh, somebody else had to make one and it looks very good. <laughs> what do you think? It does. Of, yeah. What do you think of this, uh, footage that they showed off? Well, the f- moment I saw it, I thought it was going to be another Castlevania uh, you yeah. know, she had the whip like and everything. Like I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, it's it's a new Castlevania with a new character. That's awesome. Um, I'm totally down to try it. It looks very interesting. I, I love the upgraded graphics. It looks beautiful. 
Um, yeah. The new characters seems really cool. So I'd totally be down to give it a try. Um, Did you know that there's a Bloodstained game available right now on Nintendo Switch? Really? Yeah. So the uh, developers who kickstarted this, I believe, uh, one of the one of the backer goals that they gave out was a uh, spinoff called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Mm. And uh, they gave it out. It's basically a NES style 8-bit Castlevania game for all intents and purposes. Uh, mm. And it, it it's available to purchase on the Nintendo Switch. And it's only 10 bucks. Wow. And uh, I have not played this, but uh, this actually was on a lot of folks game of the year list last year for 2018. And it oh, was basically a side project for the main game, um, which is pretty interesting. So if you uh, if you are looking to play a Castlevania game uh, this year and uh, you don't want to wait until Bloodstained Ritual of the Night comes out, give Curse of the Moon a shot because uh, it, it looks very cool. You can switch between different characters on the fly that all have different abilities. So you've got a character that does have like a sword similar to uh, Al- Alicard. You've got somebody that's got kind of the whip like Simon. Uh, a lot of different characters, like a wizard in there, too. So pretty Sweet. cool game. Very unique. Uh, Ten bucks. Have you gotten to play it yet? I have not, but it's been on my list of games that I want this. to get to at some point. Yeah, um, it and it's at, it's at a great price point, too. Ten bucks and you get Absolutely. probably, a, you know, a nice compact little adventure. So, yeah, yeah. give you something give you something to play until the big release. Absolutely. Uh, Josiah, are you a Dragon Quest fan? You know what? I absolutely am. I have been Ooh. thoroughly well. I know this is um, builders, but the new the new one looks so good. Back in the day, mm-hmm. I played the original. Uh, which one was it? The I think it was the one that was released before this one, and but they haven't released one for a while, have they? Let's see here. You're talking about the mainline games. Yes, correct. Yeah, I think the I last know... one. I think the last one we got was eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think so. Let me see, Dragon. Yeah, so basically they released Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is a, a sequel to Dragon Quest Builders, kind of like a Minecraft Legend yeah. of Zelda hybrid game. Uh, I've heard very which good looks things. awesome. Yeah, looks I've heard really cool. very good things about the first one, and the second one looks like it's building on that, uh, no pun mm. intended. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they also announced the ridiculously titled Dragon Quest Eleven uh, S. I got to look up the full name because it's... Uh, it's it's too much. It's one of the the longest names. Uh, it is Dragon Quest Eleven S: Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. <laughs> um, that is going to be coming out for Nintendo Switch. Uh, this game came out last two years ago, I believe, actually yes. twenty seventeen, um, and it's been very well received. Um, this is a franchise that's escaped me my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Square Enix. And somehow never played a Dragon Quest game. So this might be the first one that I jump into. And it looks very good. And it looks like this actually will be the best version of the game because they've got uh, an 8-bit mode that you can jump into, which was not included in the original game. And uh, full Japanese voice acting, if you prefer that. Oh, I love that. That's also not included in the original game. So uh, this looks great, man. I mean, uh, definitely seems like uh, these games, from what I understand, are... Just like Final Fantasy, they're an anthology of of games. You don't have to play them in sequential order. Just jump Correct. in with whatever the latest one is. So, and I mean, and this is an iconic one too. I mean, you know the little the goos that you see. Yeah, the little, I yeah. mean, you see those everywhere. Um, I'm I love the art style when they released Eleven. Mm. The 
graphics are phenomenal. I love that traditional anime esque uh-huh. style, but yeah. in a totally upgraded, very beautiful texturing. Uh-huh. They did a great job on it. So I'm yeah, excited to see it on the Switch. It kind of gives me a little uh, Breath of the Wild vibe, a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 with some of the environments in there too. So yeah, yeah. man, looks, looks like a good, good one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, some more content that's coming out this spring. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas is receiving a free spring update and they're bringing some new Star Fox missions to the Switch. So Starlink is a Ubisoft game that came out last year. Um, the big thing that they showed off at E3 was that there's going to be content exclusive to the Switch that included Star Fox and uh, Falco, Peppy, and Slippy. Some cool stuff there. Um, this game's been getting discounted heavily over the past couple months. And uh, I actually picked up the physical edition that comes with like the whole R-Wing thing. This is basically like a Toys to Life kind of game uh, where you can like add on different things to the ship and it goes into the game in real time different pilots and stuff. So um, pretty, pretty fun game. I, I played, you know, maybe about three, four hours, so I didn't play too much of it, uh, but it feels kind of like a mix of uh, Star Fox and the traditional combat mixed with a little bit of No Man's Sky. So you have a lot of this planet exploration and discovery, hmm. and it's a very, uh, I, I would say, uh, underrated game. Definitely from what I played so far, it's, it's very fun. There's just, a lot of stuff that I was playing at the same time. And I was like, I really just wanted to pick it up because it was yeah. a good price and it's been <clears throat> dropping uh, even further than that. So I think I saw it as low as $20 at one point for this oh, game. That's crazy. It was normally like 80 when it came out. So I'm just still salty that they haven't just released a star Fox game. Yeah. Like, just give me star Fox. So this is, <laughs> this <laughs> is from what I understand, this is the best star Fox game. That's not actually star Fox in the title. Doesn't um, I mean it's the isn't the only one? <laughs> well, I mean the last well on the Switch, yes, but on the last oh, Star gosh. Fox game we got on Wii U, Star Fox Zero was a huge disappointment. That is true. Fair I, enough. I I played through that and I returned it within a couple days. Uh, just traded it in and and cut my losses because it was it was not good. Um, I wanted it to be good. There were some good things about it, but man, the controls were so bad, and the way that they implemented the gamepad was just didn't feel good so yeah that was uh that that one that one hurt a little bit so yes. the big the big part of the direct of course the focus was uh on fire emblem three houses we got a great yes. look at the story a lot of the backstory of the different houses and uh, a lot of gameplay footage what were your thoughts coming away from this direct when uh when looking at fire emblem three houses Man, I'm so excited for this. Uh, the last time I played f- an actual Fire Emblem game was back, I believe it was um, Radiant Dawn, was it? Um, it was, was that on the Wii? One. That was on the no, regular no, Wii? Or the one I, no, the one I played was on GameCube. So that, I think that was the um, Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance. Path, Path of, Radiant? of Radiance. That's yeah. the one. I think that's what it was. That's the last one I played. And wow. I liked it. It was really good. But I got discouraged. I was like, I was a young kid at the time and permadeath just like wrecked me. I'm like, no, I built this character up and I mm-hmm. got destroyed. And, mm-hmm. and at that point you couldn't turn it on or off. So I just yeah. you know, wasn't a big fan. My sister-in-law is a huge fan and she's mm-hmm. been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, uh, you know, it looks interesting. But after seeing this, the clips from this and the video, I am super stoked for this. This will definitely mm-hmm. be a game I pick up. Mm-hmm. I love the... Harry Potter esque 
houses that you choose your mentor e that you're going to mentor and Mm -hmm. you know see where that takes you um it's exciting man i'm really excited for this one it looks big it looks the graphics are phenomenal they look really good it looks Mm -hmm. like they're bringing some new mechanics to it that look nice uh the storyline seems interesting and yeah i'm i'm excited yeah, it, it looks fantastic. I'm also on board with you there. The 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 gameplay looks great. I like the mm-hmm. the backstory that we've been given. I'm already leaning towards uh the the blue house. I don't remember the guy. It's like the blonde guy, but I'm like all in just because of the color blue. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really easy to please. Um, so one thing that I do want to say is I can't believe you haven't played Fire Emblem Awakening on 3ds. I know. I think I have Everyone a copy of it that. still and I will happily lend it to you for Give as long that. as you need because um, that game is really what like reinvigorated this franchise. And I think, I mean, clearly brought it into the mainstream in the United States. It's been so big in Japan for uh, since the 80s with the mm-hmm. original one on, on NES. But this is the game that really like opened my eyes to how amazing the Fire Emblem series is. Uh, I, the first one that I played was just the, it was just titled Fire Emblem on Game Boy Advance. Dang, and, uh, old school. Yeah, at, and it it was it was a very fun game at the time. I was like, wow, I, I like this tactics stuff because I was coming off of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, I think, which was like one of my favorite tactics games of all time. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was like, this is great. I love the I love the combat. I love the the randomness of the attacks of uh, sometimes they'll hit, sometimes they won't. Sometimes your entire battle hinges on somebody's attack landing. <laughs> and uh, it feels real bad when you lose one of your guys, but it's uh, yeah. it's fun, very fun. So uh, Awakening was fantastic. And then it seemed like they came out with so many uh, Fire Emblem games in such a short amount of time on 3DS mm-hmm. that I, I was feeling fatigued. Um, yes. They had like, uh, what was it? I don't even remember. Well, they had a couple that it was like um, uh, Fates and Bloodline. Yeah, they had like uh, two games and then there was like a third optional game that you could play after playing the other two. And then they came out with uh, the remake of one of the older games with like some dungeon crawling aspects. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, either way, um, Fire Emblem Awakening, fantastic game. If you have a 3DS and you are looking to play some Fire Emblem or haven't ever been introduced into the franchise, and you're not sure about the Switch version, uh, give Awakening a shot on 3DS. I'm sure you can pick it up for 20 bucks now. Um, and Josiah, I will lend you my copy because yes. it, is, it is a great game. And this is a, a reason to break out that 3DS again. Oh, absolutely. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for you to be ready. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Next game they showed off, though, Tetris 99. All I got to oh, say, dang. damn, that game, <laughs> that game came out of nowhere. And... Uh, <laughs> In a time where Apex Legends is dominating the battle royale conversations, Tetris just comes in here and says, "Hold my beer. We got a <laughs> we got <laughs> we got a battle royale game right here." Oh, uh, so yes, yeah, so for those so of everyone you, yeah. who knows, he literally put "damn" in the notes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing else you can say. It's just no. damn. Okay, man, I got to get on the the bandwagon then. I mean, again, this is coming from somebody who does not care about Tetris. And I know that there's so many people that are probably like, what is wrong with you? But I just I've never been a puzzle puzzle guy, like in the traditional sense, you know, give me a good 3D puzzle where I'm like in a game trying to figure figure something out like Legend of Zelda style puzzles. Those are fine. But traditional puzzles where I'm dropping blocks. No, (laughs) thank you. that's just not my forte. 
Um, but I will say uh, this is a free game if you've got a Nintendo Switch online subscription. So if you do and you're paying that uh, 20 bucks a year or whatever it ends up being, then this game is free. Uh, it does require the subscription as well. So you cannot play this if you don't have one. Uh, a lot of people have just bought this subscription in the past week because of this game, which is amazing to me that they wouldn't have done that for the NES games that have been free the entire time. <laughs> Regardless, um, Tetris 99, give it a shot. Uh, another game that's coming out later this month, also free, uh, does not require Nintendo Switch Online, though, is Deltarune, yes. which is uh, not quite sure if it's a sequel, spinoff, completely different, um, from the developer of Undertale. This is Toby Fox's next game, and this is a basically a, a demo, but it's a full chapter of the upcoming game that he's working on, which will be paid, and he's potentially a few years off from that releasing uh, this is just to kind of get some feedback on the story and what he's implemented. Uh, I've stayed very clear from a lot of this YouTube footage for this game because it's been out on PC for a bit. It kind of just stealth launched one day. No one knew what it was. People are like, is this related to Undertale? Is it not? Um, either way, it looks very, very good. And that's coming out on February 28th. Did you play Undertale at all? Um, you know what? I I I'm, I was one of those people that didn't pay for it to wa like play it. But what I okay. did is I watched YouTubers okay. uh, yeah, play yeah. it all day long. And it was fascinating. And Oh, my gosh. It's such ending, a creative I, game. Yeah, yeah dude. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I have so much good things to say about that. I did a, a full review episode of that uh, a while ago, very, very while ago. Like one of my first 10 episodes, I want to say, was a, an Undertale review. So uh give that a shot if you are curious of, about undertale go listen to that episode i didn't spoil anything don't worry but it is a very <laughs> very uh very cool game definitely a game that uh that stands out in a in in this day and age uh so quickly i'm just going to run through there's a ton of ports that they announced uh mm. dead by daylight is coming to nintendo switch yep. hellblade senua sacrifice is coming i'm excited for that one yeah so mm. i I started this game on PlayStation four um, when it was uh, when it was big last year and I played it right like literally right after I played God of War and it's another Norse themed game. Yep. And I was like, I'm a little burnt out on the Norse thing. right now. So I <laughs> I started it. Skip. I got through the yeah, I got through the first <laughs> boss um, and then I put it down and I was like, I will come back to you when I'm feeling more Norse, which has not happened yet um, anyway. So Hellblade either way, come into Nintendo Switch. Um, very, very good game uh, by Ninja Theory, I believe, um, who is also the developers that are working on Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, nice. So same guys. They uh, they are now owned by Microsoft, but it's nice that they're still giving us some ports. Yes. Um, also, another port we're getting is Unravel 2, which mm -hmm. is the sequel to EA's little indie game Unravel, which was a very cute little uh, yarn guy that can throw his yarn and swing like Tarzan. Uh, but there's two people now, so you've got a yarn buddy, and you can play with a friend. So Unravel 2 and uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Kind of mm. weird that they are porting weird. this game. Uh, this was the American Revolution Assassin's Creed, and uh, I love this era, but this mm -hmm. game was kind of mediocre from what it I was remember. Very mediocre, very me mediocre. So um, it's worth noting this does include um, Assassin's Creed 3. I forgot the name of it, the one that came out on PlayStation Vita, which I guess was actually good. Um, but either way, this yeah. this game is coming out in 2019 for Nintendo Switch. I uh, don't know who least been Black Flag. Like, come on, that would have been great. Yeah, I... whoever whoever greenlit this one, not quite sure what's going on at Ubisoft. 
Um, the next game that uh, they gave us a release date for, though, is Final Fantasy VII, which is coming out on March 26th. Woo-woo. So that's exciting. Um, not exciting if it's the same price as Final Fantasy IX, which they released that day for $20.99, yep. which is a very interesting price point. And also, why did they port the mobile version from iOS right. uh, with the garbage-looking fonts and stuff and menus? Yes. So uh, I hope that they're not going to just port the mobile version of Final Fantasy VII over as well. Um, but it's Square Enix, and I have a feeling that they are going to do just that. No. So, uh, that would be that would be a huge letdown for uh, fans of that game. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold up. How much? Was the mobile version? Uh, I want to say okay. They the the mobile games were priced very weirdly too. I want to say it was fifteen dollars and ninety nine cents. So at least give us that cost. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I I mean it's the Switch tax, of course. They're just gonna raise the price because it's on Switch and there's new people that might not have played it and they'll buy it and yada yada. But no why twenty dollars and ninety nine cents and not just twenty? I don't know. That's weird. And also. These games were like ten dollars on PlayStation when uh, on the on the store when you could buy them on PS3. Why are we paying twice that now in 2019? Right. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I mean, I can go buy this right now on Vita for like ten bucks, and sometimes they're on sale Seriously. for like five. So anyway, and that's for the original game, not the the not the shitty like iOS port of the game. Right. Um. Anyway, next game I know you're going to be excited for um, Astral Chain, which is from Platinum Games, the developers of the Bayonetta series. Yes. What are your thoughts on this one, my guy? So, I I just got into Bayonetta and I've been loving it. It's you know I, I was raving about it on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, this one it looks really good. Um, I, I, obviously I feel like it's, it's a whole different game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, they're going to bring any mechanics from that, but I really like, I'm looking forward to it and it looks very interesting. Just like, uh, Bayonetta, it has that very kind of weird, like otherworldly feel to it a little Mm -hmm. bit more, a little bit more robotic and a little bit more like futuristic rather than Bayonetta, which was a little bit more like cathedrals and you know a little bit more angels and demons yeah, and yeah. not really cool this one's more futuristic yeah. more like i'm about that yeah robots and it looks cool mm-hmm. um I, I just hope they bring like an interesting mechanic to it if it's just kind of like a um a button masher with i mean obviously they will they made bayonetta that was it's a very interesting i love the dynamics of that game so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as long as they bring something cool Otherwise, I feel like these games can get repetitive and, and yeah. like, eh, yeah. you know, and so I hope they bring something cool. That's like, wow, I've never seen that before, you know, mm-hmm. as far as gameplay goes and story. I mean, again, sometimes we can just play a game for story. I'm about that sometimes. So if it has a good story, I'd be down for that. But I'd also from, you know, the same developers, I'd like to see some really cool gameplay mechanics. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. uh they've they've done some some interesting games in the past i mean they're they're really known for the hack and slash genre uh they mm. did like metal gear rising if you remember that one uh last gen yes. that was like a spin-off they did uh near automata which was uh yes. also with square enix they they co-developed that game um which i have on playstation 4 i've played quite a bit of and i it's such a weird game part of me really likes it and part of me is so bored by it and uh, I don't know if it's just like the repetitive nature of it or not, but yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I'm a little a little bummed out. 
Um, they also did the wonderful 101 back on the Wii U. That was like a launch title, oh, wow. which yeah. was um, really fun, really unique um, superhero kind of game. So, I mean, yeah. if we get something that's, that, you know, is a little bit more in that vein, uh, not just tr- strictly a hack and slash, you know, yeah. I, I, I'd be down for it. But yeah, yeah. I, I imagine it's it's probably just going to be a futuristic looking hack and slash yeah. game, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, have you have you noticed anything about it that's kind of reminiscent of one of our favorite games? How, Which one? Come on, man. If you look at pictures, they're tethered to, to a, a robot. Just like, come on now. You can do it. Xenoblade, dude. It reminds oh, me oh of Xenoblade. yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I was thinking that and I was like, is he talking about Xenoblade? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it kind of reminds me of Xenoblade. Like, there, it looks like, and I think what that's the astral chain comes from. You're tethered ah, to like one of these robots. Right, 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 it right. It's like you fight with them. Like, it shows one frame, like they're throwing the robot using mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that could be their interesting game mechanic. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very intrigued. I definitely want to see more about Astral Chain. Um, it's yeah. got a release date. It's August 30th, so it's going to be in that nice sweet spot right before the the holiday madness madness hits. So I yes. think it might be a fun, uh, you know, 10, 15 hour campaign of just dicing people up. Yes. Um, and then Nintendo just surprised everybody and came out of nowhere with a Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remaster, My which goodness. is a 1993 Game Boy game, I believe. Um, did you play this back in the day? So here's the thing. this I am a Zelda fanatic. I played almost every game available for Zelda except those handheld ones like yeah you know i didn't play you know oracle of time or any of those just because yeah. i had systems i didn't have many handhelds as a kid so i didn't so i'm thrilled to play this and it looks phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the graphics look like a total mix of that beautiful link between worlds that we got and then uh-huh. like that um uh what am i trying to say the one that square enix just released the um Octopath? Octopath, yeah. Okay. Where it has like okay. almost that, you feel like it's smaller because if you look, they like blur the edges of yeah, the world. Yeah, so it yeah, gives yeah, me yeah. that same feel where it's like, I don't know, it gives you this depth of field effect, this mm-hmm. really nice graphics. I'm mm-hmm. excited for it, man. The yeah. anime cutscenes. Yeah, those were about, that, that was beautiful. I about yeah. tinkled in my pantaloons. When oh I saw my that. goodness. Okay, so uh I am not the biggest Legend of Zelda fan. I've I've stated that many times before. I I've played a number of the games, um actually the majority of the games uh, and never finished most of them uh with the exception of Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild and uh, Link Between Worlds. I believe those are the only 3 I've ever finished. That gotcha. being said, um this game looks wonderful. It looks uh, adorable as all hell. The yeah. art style reminded me of like little toys almost. Yeah. Kind of like a little toy box uh, version of Legend of Zelda. And from what I've been looking at online over the past week since it's been revealed, there's been so many side by side comparisons of the original game and this game. And this is a faithful recreation of that game just in mm-hmm. a modern light, which is just absolutely incredible. I can't I can't wait for this. Uh, this is going to be a definite day one for me. Yes. Um, I love the the top down aesthetic with uh, kind of like a little isometric view a bit of the map itself. Um, the only concern I have is the length of this game. So uh, I guess Link's Awakening being uh, originally on the Game Boy was not a very long game because of the limitations of that hardware. And um, most people complete this campaign within five to ten hours. 
for oh, the geez. most part. So well, I'm, curious if, I'm curious. I'm yeah. curious if they're going to add to it. I don't think they'll add because it looks like it's strictly just a remake. Um, but I also hope that they don't price it at the full sixty dollars. This game yeah. would be perfect at forty dollars. I think it would be um, a great buy at forty dollars. Personally, either way, I'm going to buy it. But yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I was just going to say I hope they're more along the lines of Link Between Worlds. You know, like um, a Link to the Past. I I loved a Link to the Past, and Link Between Worlds did not fail me. Like I'm like, oh, how how are they going to make this better? Is it just like you know, I was kind of had my ifs and ands, but when I played it, I was blown away. They were faithful to how it felt when you originally played uh, Link to the Past. It was mm-hmm. fun. The graphics were amazing, and they mm-hmm. added a whole new dynamic. I hope they do something like that. If they do something like that, this game is going to be amazing. If mm-hmm. it's purely just a remake, a rehashing of the original one, it'll be a beautiful game. I just hope they, like you said, make it a good price point. Yeah, but- definitely. I have my fingers crossed and I'm hoping that they bring something new to the plate with it. Yeah, I, I feel like they this game is is coveted by a lot of people. Um, mm. And I, I don't think that they necessarily want Nintendo to change too much of the game. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do add anything, how that impacts the original game in any way. Yeah. So I don't have much to contribute in the way of the original since I have not played it. But um, I am very excited nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, let's shift our discussion to our featured segment then. And that, of course, is the review of Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's been 13 years since the last main entry in Sora's adventure. Back on the PlayStation 2 in 2006, the game has seen multiple iterations, side entries, mobile games, and more, each with their own bit of lore to add to the story. Everything culminating into this final ending to a story that has spanned over 17 years. It's safe to say that fans' expectations of Kingdom Hearts 3 going in were high, given the long development time of the game. Uh, I do want to point out that our review will be spoiler-free, so if you have not picked up the game yet or are playing through it now but haven't finished, you can rest assured that you can uh, listen to the rest of this episode without any worries. (laughs) Uh, So, Josiah, I want to begin by getting your take on the actual gameplay itself. So the core of this franchise has always been around gameplay and the sense of exploration as you navigate various worlds. How did you feel Kingdom Hearts 3 stacked up as opposed to the previous games? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I think they did a good job at staying true to the original game and not completely reworking the mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, adding different new mechanics, you know, mm-hmm. for instance, the attractions, um, the different, um, you know, second forms, you know, as you mm-hmm. you know build up to that. There's a lot of things that they brought to it. Now, of course, and, and this was true for any of the other Kingdom Hearts games, um, because it's a, a grinder, you're, you're, you're going through grinding, leveling up. It does feel old. After mm-hmm. a while, even with all the new stuff they've added, like you're just yeah. like, okay, same stuff over and over again, you know, not a whole lot that's like, man, they, I, you know, they, I was thinking about it. if they allowed you to like level up the, the second forms and make those change a little bit and like have you working towards something there. Yeah. It yes. would have been, you know, something really cool or level up the attractions and have something different oh, happen. Yeah. It would have been giving you something to work towards, but it's like, you know, you have them all available to you. Nothing really new comes with the like the actual um, 
like the battle mechanics or anything like that. Those it's all right. kind of the same from the beginning. Obviously yeah. you can get, you get new keyblades and you have a different, you know, ender and a different second form, but mm-hmm. th- that's about it. Um, yeah. So not bad. I think if they did anything too crazy, it would feel totally different. Yeah. But, it, yeah, yeah, I agree. It was, it's definitely a very delicate balance that they had to walk with this game uh, because they wanted to, like you said, stay true to the original games uh, as much as possible. So there wasn't this significant change, right? Uh, exactly. I know like when square changed a lot of the final fantasy series into more of an action RPG, uh, a lot of fans were up in arms about, you know, Oh my gosh, you guys ruined this game. It used to be turn-based yeah. and we love turn-based battles. I was one of those people that I was like, why'd you do this? I don't want to yeah. run around and, and fight things in real time. I love the turn-based aspect, but you know, you have to evolve those franchises. And I think Absolutely. this was a game that they, didn't want to do that with for the final because they wanted to wrap this story up and keep it as intact as possible. Uh, But I also think that this game, because it's been in development so long, that's all they knew at that time because this was originally going to be on PS3 and that's so long ago now at this point. Um, I mean, this game was supposed to come out like 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember before, I got married, which I've been married Mm -hmm. for almost five years now. Mm -hmm. I was at home geeking out over, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Kingdom Hearts 3. I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. And um, I I like put the like Sora poster on my old MacBook. And I had like, you know, I had like my background. I was excited for back then. And it's been like almost six years now. (laughs) And it finally came out. It's like, like it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. So yeah, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. So that's the downside of games like this that get stuck in this developmental hell where they're just in there for so long. Things they can't make too much of a change because they'd have to effectively scrap the entire game and start over. Yeah. So I think they realized at a certain point that they just have to keep moving forward with what they've got. So. Yeah. What that ends up being is a game that feels like it's stuck in the PS2 era because it really is a slight evolution of the PS2 games, right? This was originally yeah. going to be a PS3 game. They added in the attractions. They added in these different Keyblade forms and finishers. That stuff is new to the series, and it feels right at home. It doesn't mm. feel like a, a, a this drastic change to the combat system. That being said, it's 2019, we're used to a lot more fluid action games now, and this still feels really uh, not good, it, it, to, to say the least. Yeah, I it, mean, it, yeah. To, to be fair, I think it feels better than like grinding through. Oh, man, if you go back and play Kingdom Hearts 1, it's like, oh, this is monotonous. I, I just I just yeah. went back. So I can tell you, it definitely does feel much better than Kingdom Hearts 1 and even Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2 to a respect. Uh, or to to a point. Uh, yeah. It, it it definitely when you're looking at it in that light, yes, it feels mm-hmm. like an improvement over the original games. I definitely agree with you there. And there but are certain. Yeah. 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 I totally. Yeah. 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 What I'm just saying is it, it the gameplay has not aged very well in modern yeah. standards. Um, so you have to kind of approach this game with a certain lens of the older style games, and if you do approach it that way. You're gonna be pleased with the product. I think Absolutely. you're gonna. I think you're gonna enjoy your time. I just. I wouldn't uh, approach this game from a revolutionary standpoint of expecting drastic changes and a, a, a game that feels like it came out in 2019 and was developed 
in this time frame, if that makes Correct. sense. Correct. And I think that's uh, the key point. I think for people like me, I grew up on this. It's magical. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I, I love it. I think mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, there's some like, yes, this is, they added this. There's a lot of cool stuff, but mm-hmm. you're right. Like it's someone like totally random. It's never picked it up before. They're used to playing games like, you know, apex legends and, and things like that. They're going to be like, what is this? You know, yeah. this is, you know, it's a little old school feeling. Sure. Which I mean, I'm, I'm thinking part- more of like a, a modern RPG action RPG, like legend of Zelda breath of the wild. I mean, Fair. that game, that game is, I mean, they did do a, a lot of things that were revolutionary that really did push the boundary, but that's what we're comparing it against. And that game came out two years ago. Yeah. So it's it's hard because there's so many modern games that have come out or are coming out and people are comparing it back to Breath of the Wild because that's a game that exists in the wild. Uh, yeah. and, and and we've seen what developers can do with these games, right? And so mm-hmm. we've, we kind of have this expectation now of like, here's the baseline. You got to be at least at that baseline. And it's, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate for a game that's been in development for so long because they had no insight into what was happening in the future from Nintendo, right? They yeah. were just, you know, heads down working towards this, this goal that they had uh, initially planned out. Um, but what, the, what it turns out with is, is a game, again, I think it's very unique because if you are a fan of the franchise and you've played the games and you like the gameplay, you're going to be right at home and you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit, but if you're coming from an outsider's perspective, it's it's a little bit antiquated feeling at times. Yeah. So, um, one thing I do want to point out though is that the combat system is incredibly vast, and uh, there are so many systems going on during battles yes. that I forgot about a lot of them um, much of the time when I was playing, and uh, and it, it's it's nice because it gives people the flexibility of approaching these different scenarios really any way they want to. But I found that I would often just resort to slashing with the keyblade, yeah. building that up, going into a second form, yeah. playing that out, doing a finisher, maybe doing the attractions because they looked really flashy and fun. Um, mm-hmm. But oftentimes the, the animation time, which I know you can go in and turn off. It was like just that extra couple seconds was just annoying enough for me to do in battle time after time that I would end up just bypassing those completely and just continue fighting with the keyblade. Mm-hmm. Did you ever run into that? A little bit, but there's things where like you can skip that. If you look on your, you know, your yeah. panel at the bottom, it says, it says, you know, skip cinematic yeah, and then it just goes directly to the fighting part of it. So, I mean, it didn't bother me that much. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting, you know, <sighs> You're right. There's so many mechanics when you think about it, which is interesting because I think they they took the the base gameplay, mm-hmm. and then and and then what they did is they took things from different games that they made that were not part of the normal trilogy mm-hmm. gameplay. For mm-hmm. instance, like the shot lock, yeah, uh, lock shot. That that's from Birth by Sleep, which I thought was an awesome addition to uh, Birth by Sleep. It was actually mm-hmm. really good. It felt well oiled in that game yeah and they brought it over here and it was kind of like a second thing like it, it was just kind of like you can do it if you want to it was just kind of like it didn't mm-hmm. feel as smooth and fluid as it did in that game but it was there mm-hmm. and i i kind of like the fact that they added it there mm-hmm. um it just felt like an afterthought though to me yeah but, that's but, one of the ones that i forgot about a lot yeah. of times and i'd i'd hit the trigger and i'd be like oh yeah i forgot this thing exists and i would do yeah. it some, sometimes 
But it's also like if you knew there's just so much going on. You're right. From the attractions to the second forms, to the magic, to the, the magic links. No one ever used the links. I always forget about that. Oh, gosh, you know? I forgot. I think I had like I haven't even used the last two that I unlocked. And those yeah. were those were some of my favorite things from the older games because they were summons then. And Absolutely. They just, that was like another like Disney thing to bring into the fight. But yeah, you're completely right. I forgot about links. Yeah, and again, and then, what a then you also have to think about Shotlock. And to be fair, and I think it's they're all really cool things, but I think it's a downfall of sticking with that old system because yeah. they're like, okay, well, we just have to make like a sub list to put in, mm-hmm. and you don't have your shortcuts, but you have a sub list of shortcuts, and it's just confusing. Yeah. You don't have time, so you just default to magic yeah. or your, your item, and. So I think there's like a lot of great ideas. They put all the really cool stuff from all the other games, but it just made it a little clunky, mm-hmm. um, which I love. I mean, you have to learn to use it. And, you, and the one thing I will say, the one good takeaway I get from this, if you're just going through and playing it for the first time, it seems clunky to use it all. But what you can do is go through and really change up your gameplay every time. Like, yeah. this is what I do. Every run through, I always do like the really... I choose the the sword and that that gives me a strength boost and I go through and I hack and slash my way through the game. But then I'll always go back again and choose the the magic wand, the staff. Yeah. And I'll do magic and if you do it a magic based gameplay through, you know, go through and play it that way, mm-hmm. it's totally different. It's actually a lot of fun. So you can play it different ways. You can have the links be your main sub list rather than the magic and then have you know, all strength, or you can have it all magic and magic and just be magic forward. And then that goes into your items. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something I've been getting into right now. I, before I go into the final, you know, whatever, the last part of the game, um, I've been upgrading my items and I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of the um, synthesizing and getting mm-hmm. really into that. And you can get super nerdy with that. So yeah. It's clunky if you're trying to do it all together, but if you take it apart, there's different things that make it a lot of fun at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. that you can take deeper if you make them your focus rather than saying, oh, I'm going to do all of this in one gameplay, you know, in one right. playthrough. Right. It, it's overwhelming. Yeah. So that's, that's that's a good, really good point, actually. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that I always start out with the wand in these games with the intention of like, Oh, I'm going to use more magic. And then I just end up hacking and slashing a lot of the time. So yeah. at this point, I don't know why I don't just pick the sword. Cause I think it would make my run throughs a little easier, but mm-hmm. uh, this game doesn't have a difficulty issue anyway. So yeah. it's pretty easy to run through. Um, one thing that I do want to point out though, um, with all of the systems in play is, um, it it feels to me like this this game Kingdom Hearts three feels like just one giant buffet, but not a very good cohesive meal. It just feels like they're throwing so much onto your plate that you 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 end up getting uh, overwhelmed by the food there and just default to your comfort food. If that makes sense. True. That is true. There's so much, I mean, not even just the combat system, but all of the other things, and we'll get to this in a bit later. There's This game has more to do in it than I think so many other games, modern games do, but nothing feels quite well fleshed out. It's like a a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation. And I'd agree with that. It, It does. 
now if they took a little extra time to like I I don't know if we're going to talk about this later but for example the pirate the pirates of the caribbean world mm-hmm. love it if they added some little details to it it would be perfect almost i think it was yeah. a whole lot of fun yeah you know like having those ships on there i i was using that world as my main place to to grind i was going mm-hmm. through and destroying boats and it's actually getting a lot of fun i was starting to get used to it it's a whole different battle mechanic right and even the exploration is phenomenal. Like it's fun. It feels fun. And I'm like, oh man, I've never been to this island before. And you go and mm-hmm. explore and find treasure. Mm-hmm. But it just when you realize it, it really just does feel empty. There's not a whole lot going on. There's like right. two sea creatures underwater. It's like, you know, you didn't put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. Um it, it does, it feels like there's a lot to do, but it's also empty. It's kind of like yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how a lot of the game feels. It it almost feels like this game was developed by 12 individual teams that all worked on their own project and then brought it together and then didn't really make it as cohesive as it should be. It was just kind of like, Hey, we worked on this. Okay, cool. And we worked on this together. All right, cool. Let's throw it in. Okay. We did this. All right, cool. Hey, we did a pirate level where you sail in ships. All right, cool. We'll put that in. Like nothing feels cohesive, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, and, and to be fair, like if you look back at the previous games, it's kind of the same way there. It's a bunch of fragmented Disney worlds that you're traveling between via the gummy ship. And um, and man, that whole gummy ship combat is a whole separate game in itself now. It's like they fleshed that out and it's like a mini Star Fox game. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, incredible. But again, it's like it, it, it's it's only fun for the first few minutes and then you're kind of over it. You know, there's there's yeah. not a lot of uh, a sense of progression there really with the ship. I mean, you can get into the nitty gritty and design the ship and get the parts and upgrade it and build it and customize it and level it up. And I, there, there's a whole, but then it feels like it's for nothing. Yeah. Like that's it, it, kind of how a lot of this game feels. You can invest a lot of time in a certain area, but there isn't really that, that, that carrot on the stick or reward or anything at the end. That's like, was that really worth my time? Or like, what, what was I doing that for? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there's so many mini games in this major game. Um, it, it, it's funny the like the cooking for instance with uh, remy from ratatouille mm-hmm. awesome fun little fun little mini game but like i did it once and i haven't gone back to do it because a i forget about it most of the time i'm collecting these ingredients and then i can completely forget to go back and, and cook with it even though there's there's battle uh effects that that are positive that will add to your character um i mean there's there's the gummy combat we mentioned there's uh all of the the worlds have treasure chests to collect so um, the one thing, though, that I will say I enjoyed, and I know you did as well, we we talked about this uh, quite a bit, are, are the hidden Mickeys. Yes. Those were one of the coolest things. So in each world, there's uh, a bunch of these hidden Mickey Mouse heads, just like at Disneyland, uh, that you can try and find. And you've got a camera in this game now, so you can take pictures of things at, at whenever you want. And um, you want to photograph these hidden Mickeys. And by getting so many of them, you'll get these uh, these items that you can unlock and um, special, special things. Uh, but I really enjoyed the hidden Mickeys of like one of those things that that I did enjoy doing was finding and, and collecting those. How how was your journey with the hidden Mickeys? I got them all. Boom. Did you really? I got them all. So, so- I, I understand there's a secret ending if you get all of them. So, uh, yeah, and I think I have to beat the game to get that, and I haven't beat the game yet. So I, I don't yeah. know about what that is yet. But, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But the cool part is, and and this is something I'll mention, because I know you mentioned, like, the cooking challenges with Remy and all those other mm-hmm. things. 
once I collected them, every time you get like so many, you get an item. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, you're like, well, that doesn't, what am I going to do with that? Because it's really for synthesizing. And unless you get into synthesizing, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I've been getting into that. And like, you can go deep down that rabbit hole, which is actually a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you get this item called the Mickey clasp or a Mickey Mm. brooch. I think it's called like the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that like totally changes up your gameplay. Um, And so it's like, you don't really know what you're doing. You're like, oh, what am I going to do with that? And you look at the statue, like, oh, it's not that cool. But when you put in, like, for instance, Remy's Cooking World, when you get to the end of that, you get a different keyblade. What? Um, yeah, you get a keyblade at the end. And it's actually ranked pretty darn high. What? Uh, yeah. So I exactly. should be cooking then. Damn exactly. It. And oh, then same same with, like, the mini games. The mini games are like, this is weird, you know, whatever. But if you collect all the mini games and play them all, you get another, excuse me, another keyblade that's, yeah. like, regarded as the second most powerful keyblade what? in the entire game. What? Are you talking game. about yeah. those little plan mini games? The yeah, the old school like 2D. Oh. Okay, so here's the oh my gosh, there's so many little games in this game that it's overwhelming. I know. Uh, it, it I completely really... forgot about those. Those are like the Game and Watch style games, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I haven't even touched those and I've been collecting so many of them and I'm like man, I want to try these out. And then I'm just like, uh, you forget nope, about it. I forget about again, it so much. Like there's so much, it really is crazy. But so all those little mini games are giving you different items. And again, most people oh, they are like, Oh, I don't synthesize that much. So that doesn't really mean a lot to me. I just want, you know, cool belt or cool something like that, you know? Right. Oh yeah. That's cool. I got a keyblade. That's what people want. But if every time you get like 10 hidden Mickey's, you get like, um, it's called like Orochi Melum or something plus or um, yeah. Damascus. And those go into upgrading your keyblades. And so it's right. like, I got really geeky with that. I'm like, oh, I want to upgrade this keyblade and I want to get this one going. And I want to, I want to get the, um, the master keyblade at the end, mm-hmm. the most powerful. It's called like the, oh, I don't know that most powerful weapon i don't know ultimate yeah. weapon U- ultimate um, weapon yeah yeah and so you have to collect all these certain items that you have to get by doing all the mini games and mm-hmm. so it's like for me i'm like i'm if you get into synthesizing it, it makes you want to play those games so you have to get into certain things but again for most people there's so much to do they don't think about those things yeah it's so sl- it, it's completely like passed me by for sure yeah and i usually like to explore a lot in games and and this game i've i've you know, I explore the levels and stuff, but the, there's so many menus in this game that are overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like the the, the the gummy phone menu itself is like just an anxiety machine for me because there's so many notifications on all of those different apps and I'm like overwhelmed <laughs> by it. And I'm like, I don't even want to go into that menu anymore. I like they, 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 they slam you with notifications in this game in a way that's that's like incredibly <laughs> annoying. Like seeing 5,000 emails on your phone. (laughs) Dude, yes. I get the same reaction opening up the gummy phone menu because all of like every time you meet a character or do anything like they've had this again in the, in the past games, Jimmy's journal has always had all that stuff, but I'm the kind of person that like, I don't like those notifications. I want to clear them out. And it's just kind of, it feels like a chore to go through and like, you know, clear out all these notifications that I've gotten from the gummy phone for meeting, uh, you know, this character in this world or whatever. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the one thing that, that really started to grind my gears a bit later in the game was just the amount of tutorials that continued popping up. So the game, like they introduced tutorials in like every single 
aspect of the game. Whenever yeah. something changes, like, you know, when you're in the frozen world, you start doing like the, the sledding downhill tutorial pops up bring, and it's like, okay, here's the controls for this little mini game that you're about to do sliding down this hill. Most of the yeah. stuff it's easy to control. It's, it's, it's fine to understand, but it's, it's like, it feels like the, they're fragmenting this game even more by adding in micro games into all of these different worlds. And yeah. it just gets to the point where it's like, just let me play the game. I just want to play yeah. the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's my only gripe with a lot of this is that it, a it feels like it's uh it's an antiquated game a bit, but b it feels like they they have been developing it for so long that they you know along this development try trail have have uh, you know, different teams have popped up with different ideas and they're like let's just throw it in the pot yeah. whatever you guys got throw it in there we're we're gonna just add everybody's idea into this final game and then it just becomes this weird. Uh, um, amalgam of of a game that's got so many different things going on and a lot of them are good but most of them just feel like add-on tacked on filler mm, yeah you know i agree so i want to yeah. move on uh do you have any last points there before we move forward um no i'll okay. i'll give you the summary at the end but the, okay yeah i totally agree with you yeah yeah so i mean here's the thing uh i do want to say i'm i'm having fun with the game i know i'm i sound like i'm a lot and i'm really not trying no. to i'm I'm trying to be yeah, realistic as possible. So I am having a good time with the game. Again, I'm approaching it with this frame of they are an older series of games, and this is the sequel to those games that's keeping that all intact, if that makes sense. Um, You know, just a lot of a lot of these minor quality of life things that I'm used to in modern games are not here. And it it upsets me or, you know, it, it makes me resent a lot of the decisions that they made in this game but that being said it's still a fun game there are still fun things to be had there and we'll discuss a a little bit more of that going forward but i want to switch gears here for a moment talk to you about your impressions of the graphics of this game so how did you feel that this game looked in 2019 graphically (laughs) something we've talked a lot about so here's the thing and and we and this will be my point we had two it sounds like almost completely different experiences and that i think comes down to i'm playing on regular original xbox one you're playing on a playstation are you playing the ps4 pro or i'm on yeah i'm on a playstation 4 pro okay yeah so and i think that's where the differences are Mm. um my experience like i've shown you screenshots like legit Yeah. yeah pixelated to kingdom come yeah i have like um i forget the exact wording but when you have a straight line you you see the the jaggedness of it it yeah yeah and so now that's not for everything like for instance i was in the pirate world i'm like man this is actually a beautiful world it's Mm -hmm. actually really well done it's weird because it really was only certain things like it was yeah um the best example i can give is on the cooking menu remy the rat looked mm-hmm. like shit <laughs> like literally i will post a picture and you can post that on anywhere if you want but it was horrible yeah, yeah um, you showed you can me see the pixel. It, it, yeah it looked really bad <laughs> yeah and then um you know at the beginning i noticed like goofy and donald were kind of running around like i would stand still and they kind of run around me and then if they got too far it legit looked at, like you couldn't see their eyes it looked like ps2 graphics wow um and then another example, um, this is more towards the end. I won't ruin anything, but there's a, a translucent type effect that you see on on Sora mm-hmm. where he, he looks like he's see-through and clear. 
it legit like they're using unreal uh, unreal um the unreal system you know it, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be beautiful it literally looks like a checkerboard but he's Ugh. supposed to be clear and see-through like right it, but it looks like there's this very it's weird like i can't even describe it but other things looked really good and i mm-hmm. and i think and i think you even made a point um on some of the like frozen and um a lot of the Pixar ones, you couldn't even tell from the movie from the game. It looked right. gorgeous on some yeah. parts. There were just some parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are just some parts I'm like, man, they, they like totally like all that to say, it really feels like a PS3 game. Yeah. To be fair. So so I and you mentioned in the beginning of this that we had a completely different experience. I I have not noticed any of that that you experienced, and I really I was not aware that there's a PS4 pro enhanced version or Xbox one X enhanced version. I don't think there, I don't think there is a legitimate enhanced version that some games do get where there is big improvements, but uh, this game looks fantastic on my end. And uh, and I've been um, incredibly pleased with how it looks. It really does feel like the one area that they did bring into the modern gaming uh, 2019 um, atmosphere is the graphics. Um, especially areas like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the lighting there was incredible. That was mm. honestly like certain set pieces in this game were some of the best I've seen in a very long time, just in general with gaming. Yeah. So uh, they they really, they, they hit it out of the park. Square Enix has always been on the cutting edge of graphics. So this is really a, a great sign that they were able to produce something that was in development for so long that holds up extremely well um, in today's gaming standards. Um, I mean, you mentioned it too, the cutscenes. These cutscenes for me were indistinguishable at times from the original movie. Um, and I've seen a lot of side-by-side comparisons of like Frozen and Tangled and um, they, they've recreated these things and it's it's amazing. I mean, it's like yeah. you're watching the damn movie right there again. Absolutely. Uh, which yeah. I was I was like blown away by. I was like, oh my gosh, this like the you know i know the the big thing when they reveal the toy story world people are like oh my gosh that looks yeah. just like the the movie and it really does so and it's wild fun. because i went back and i i rewatched part of toy story 1 and i was like this actually looks better than that and rightfully <laughs> so that's a, a movie that came out in like 1994 or 96 or something so i i hope it would look better than something that's 20 years old but it really is a testament because you know games for so long have been striving to hit that pixar level quality and yep. it's like We've hit that and you're seeing Absolutely. it firsthand because they're recreating Pixar movies themselves and uh, these amazing Disney movies that use that Pixar technology like Frozen and and, uh, and Big Hero 6 and um, uh, Tangled and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say the worlds themselves were incredibly vibrant. Uh, exploring these worlds were they were lush, they were colorful uh i i mean the 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 big downside of the worlds themselves was just that they weren't as open as i wanted them to be it's it's 2019 again i keep stressing that we're so used to these (laughs) games being open and this game still has levels that are really designed as beautiful corridors that you're going through uh to an extent so that was my only downside was just you know I, i i there's so many times where i'm exploring uh, you know, the, the area from tangled, um, uh, Corona. And I'm like, wow, you know, look at that yeah. beautiful, that beautiful mountain off in the distance. I, I have that legend of Zelda breath of the wild 
feel now where I just want to go climb everything and you run up to it and you hit these invisible walls and your your character's jumping and 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 you can't you, you know you can't jump over what seems to be a very short uh hill or ledge or something you're like yeah. why this feels bad like I don't I don't like that that there's these artificial walls up everywhere in this game that's gorgeous you know yeah that's so, true I feel like the Pirates of the Caribbean was the only one that felt truly more expanded even then it's like you hit you'd hit walls all the time yeah yeah but but that was of of all the worlds that i've explored and that's as far as i've gotten thus far is is um is about midway through the pirates of the caribbean level um after that i've got big hero six and then the end of the game so i'm very close to the end myself but that that has been the the level that has felt the most open and felt like this is what i wish a lot of the other levels felt like which is kind of a bummer but um, on the discussion of graphics, I, I want to chat with you. Uh, this this is more so, I guess, along the lines of gameplay. But what was your <laughs> what was your favorite key, uh, Keyblade in the game that you've Ooh. gotten thus far? Well, so um, man, that's a great question. So my 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 lineup right now, because you can have three Keyblades, is for whatever reason, I'm a huge fan of the kingdom key. I just love the way it looks. So I've mm-hmm. leveled that up almost to completely max. So it's like, it's pretty darn good. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's my favorite, like the second form probably isn't my favorite, but I just, I like the kingdom key. You know, it's, it's Sora. So I leveled mm-hmm. that one up, but my favorite one, um, especially since I chose strength and the sword at the beginning yeah. um, is you don't have it yet. I'm sorry, but it's the wheel of mm-hmm. fate. Um, crazy strong crazy strong the second form is awesome his it essentially turns into a spear and it just really powerful and fast and takes enemies down like no other Mm -hmm. um and the second second form um that spear like turns into a flag and it looks like a pirate's flag and it's cool because they're like waving around it looks legit and then after that it's cool because there's the ending whenever you're you know you have your final end move mm-hmm. um all these giant like water tentacles come up out of the ground and just start smashing everyone so it's super powerful oh um, wow it, it feels fun because it's fast and really quick and um really deals the damage so that's probably my my favorite one that i have so far nice um, okay and then the other one that i'm using i'm a traditionalist i like so i have the kingdom key yeah i have my one fun one that i play that's from one of the worlds and then i'm using the uh shooting star for okay. magic magic purposes and i'm yeah. really just using it to boost my magic because i have a certain loadout that mm-hmm. i'm trying to go for and that's the thing like you you have to go for the loadout you're going for it's not about like oh which one's the funnest and which one does this like you have one that's based on strength one that's based on magic you know right that ordeal um but my like one of my favorites that i'm not using but i think it's super cool is the um I forget what it's called, but it's the one from uh, Corona. The, oh, the uh, Ever After. Yes. And mm-hmm. dude, it's killer for magic. Like yeah. literally it's, if I wasn't already doing a lot with my uh, shooting star, I would have chosen that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. The shooting star are- I was using in the beginning for magic purposes as well. Um, but I've shifted, uh, I did shoot shift to Ever After just because it's, it is such high magic. It's really low attack. And then uh, I've I've moved on to the Crystal Snow, which is the one from Frozen. Yeah, um, I love I love the look of it. Um, it's high magic, which again I picked a magic build for some weird reason, and even <laughs> though I don't really use the magic as much as I could. 
Um, but I love the way it looks. I love the blizzard claws that you get um, yeah. as your as your like form change, which is awesome. You just start hacking people with the with the claws, um, and then you can turn into the blizzard blades afterwards, where it turns into these long spears, and you can kind yes. of um, like skate hit, around. Skate around. You're skating, yeah, and then you you shoot the the ice on the ground, and it creates like this uh, like ramp that the characters go up, and it looks just like from Frozen. And like the the final Sora like steps on the ground and does like the uh, the snowflake like Elsa does. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's really it's a cool looking blade. As far as functionality goes, though, because I do tend to skew towards just like hacking and slashing. I've stuck with the the blade that you get from Toy Story, the favorite deputy yes. for m- most of the game thus far, because the the hyper hammer that you get and the yeah. drill punch, those are so good. And they're so good for like area of effect attack. Cause it spins. Uh, it, it just seems really, uh, really OP. So I've yeah. been, and so on that, I, and this is something else. There's so much, I mean, mm-hmm. and I love this, but there's always the abilities that come along with each blade. Yeah. Um, and on that one, and I, I can kick myself for not using this one earlier on in the game, but there's something, I think it's called, um, lucky hit or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, uh, lucky strike, lucky strike. Yeah. And it actually makes, Every time you hit, it makes them drop more, um, more items and more precious items, um, oh. and, and it gives you more money. So for one, you'll be loaded yeah. with cash. Oh yeah, I have so be, much money because yeah, probably because of this. <laughs> exactly, and you'll be able to upgrade faster to more advanced keyblades and th- synthesize more. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's actually a really cool ability, and that's why a lot of people use it for the second form because it's really mm. devastating, and because of that ability. Interesting. Um, Damn, so I haven't even yeah. I haven't even looked into like the meta game of the the different keyblades. I've just been like, oh, this one looks cool, or I like this <laughs> ability, man. But uh, yeah, I looked up like a ranking of them, and they have favorite deputy ranked um, third overall. Yeah, right behind the uh, classic tone, which is what you get for doing all of the mini games that you mentioned, and then yeah. uh, of course, Ultima Keyblade is the is the best. So yeah, uh, very cool. Well, uh. Kingdom Hearts has always been known for its fantastic scores and music headed by the legendary video game composer Yoko Shimomura. Uh, how do you think the game did in the music area? I love it. Um, you know, I think we're going to get into this later, but like as far as story goes, but it, it's so magical. You know, yeah. the, the music itself is magic and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, this is my only gripe with the music at the beginning, the only um, intro scene that you see repeated over and over again is like that really like sc- it's just a score with like violins and you see mm-hmm. them playing chess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that score. Yeah. I'm really like, ah, oh, it's okay, but it's it's whatever. Eh, yeah. If this I is kinda... the thing I'm going to see at the beginning of every time I load up my game. Yeah. Boring. I wish it was Face My Fears by uh, oh, Kairu. That yeah. song is my favorite. Dude. So- it's probably my favorite song that she's done for any of them, except for maybe the first one. Yeah, that, that song, I, I, you know, playing the the night it came out yeah. um, and, and that collaboration with Skrillex. I was yes. like, excuse me, what? This is incredible. Yes. Um, I, I that that is like the ultimate hype song. And, and especially I, I can only imagine you being such a huge fan of this franchise and just seeing all of these like cutscenes kind of mashed together from all of the other yes. games. Like I, I was getting the feels big time and I, right? I haven't even played the majority of the spinoff Ooh, games, the side games. So tingles just thinking around now. 
I want to go rewatch that video again because uh yeah, it, it so if you if you have any like uh love for this franchise, that that's just the ultimate like love letter to you. Um yes. and even if you don't have a lot of uh nostalgia for this franchise, like that's a dope ass cutscene, man. It's yes. a long like music video and it's beautiful and like it's it's a it's a great great song. Great song, Absolutely. Disney and, Absolutely. and little Square golf, and all you guys. Clap. Yeah. Golf clap. Uh I do want to point out though, uh each of the worlds they had their own musical theme that kind of um they they used the Kingdom Hearts instruments and, and kind of recreated uh what felt like it would fit with that theme. Like Toy Story World had kind of a Toy Story esque sounding just background music, which was very fitting. No, at the beginning it it was the actual song. Oh, okay. It was the actual song, the um uh, you got a friend of me. Yeah, it was you yeah. got a friend of me. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I thought they, I thought they like riffed on it and and made some other, like they, they may sounding. have, yeah, but they yeah. definitely got it and like you can hear it. Like when you first get in there, it's, I think yeah. when you get to the actual toy store part, it changes a little bit. Yeah. But in yeah, his yeah. room, it's you've got a friend of me. I'm like, yes. But where's where's Randy Newman at? I need my I Randy. Know. Oh man, oh. that the, the salty voice of Randy Newman. Yeah, what a legend. Sultry. Salty. Sultry. <laughs> the salty <laughs> voice of Randy Saltman. Um, I do want to say, though, that uh, seeing the entire song of Let It Go performed for the millionth time was uh, was interesting. Disheartening. I disheartening. didn't like it. I mean, like, uh, you've, got, just... you've, got, you've got kids, so they probably watched that on repeat at some no. point. No, they're not allowed to watch that junk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, you know it was it was it's it's a it's an incredible song uh, when it came out, and it's it's really wore out its welcome, unfortunately, uh, because of culture and pop culture and our society and uh, just everything, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, it was it was cool to see them like they recreated it almost frame for frame, which was kind of neat. Um, yeah. But I, what I really appreciated about this was uh, how they just kept awkwardly cutting to Sora and Donald and Goofy and. They were just making anime noises like, oh, and like while everything's <laughs> happening. I just I got a kick out of that personally. I thought that was a nice touch. So, but it's um, funny that you bring up Frozen because out of all the worlds, I think mm-hmm. Frozen's actual sound uh, track was my favorite. Yeah, I, mean, I that was really nice. So um, we'll, we'll get to this on the during the next topic. But um, I was probably the most hyped for Arendelle for Frozen's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably uh, not the most disappointed, but I, I really had really high expectations because I really did like that was such a cool movie. And just like I'm a big fan of like just the whole theme with like ice and everything. Like I've always been drawn to like when it comes to like magic and stuff like ice is like the my go to. I, I just love that stuff. So I don't know. I was uh, eh, it was OK, but I, I the music was great. And like the. uh that like crystal labyrinth that you go through was very cool. That was super that was cool, yeah. that was fun. But a lot of the other just like trekking through the snow was was pretty forgettable. But I agree. All right, so uh, moving on then to the uh, the final the final section uh, that I want to talk about is uh, of course what Kingdom Hearts franchise is notorious for, which is its extremely detailed and convoluted storyline featuring all of your favorite confusing <laughs> tropes. Time travel, hundreds of characters with names that start with the letter X, <laughs> multiple versions of the same character, nobodies and heartless, entire worlds that live within a computer simulation, and I could really go on, but you get the point. This game has a lot going on. Uh, this being the final game in the overall story arc, 
everything is to be wrapped up in this final game. Uh, now, again, I want to stress that we won't be going into any spoiler territory here, but Josiah, how did you feel about the overall story of the game? Ooh, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> That's never oh, a good way to start. <laughs> so this is, you've opened up the floodgates, my friend. Oh, um, boy. No. So here's the thing. The story itself, where they're going to, the whole main idea of this game, I love it. It's really, you know, I'm kind of at the end now. I haven't finished it yet. But what yeah. I've seen so far, I love it. Um, it's a kind of exactly, I've heard other people say it's kind of where they thought it was going. But I, I, th okay. I think it's at the same time that really like, yes, that's exactly how I wanted it to kind of go. Feeling yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we saw it coming a mile away, but that's because that's exactly how we wanted it to go. I won't say anything else, but yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, though, it literally is all crammed into the last 5% of the game. Yeah. Everything else, you can cut out all the worlds, all the Disney worlds, cut that out. You don't, that's not even part of the story. Yeah. Literally, you won't miss yeah. anything. Um, literally, it's just Sora trying to do one thing that's not even relevant. Mm -hmm. um, to uh, it, it is relevant kind of but it's not pertinent to what's going on with the actual story and yeah. so it, it's I get it they're, they're trying to make it friendly for non-players yeah. to come in and just be like okay I can play this game right. why because he's just trying to find this certain power that's it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay I can get behind that and that's easy to understand and and then at the end, they just cram in everything. And that, that's when the <laughs> my, most players will just probably tune out because they don't know what's going on. But they played the right. whole game, you know. Right. So I kind of get what they're trying to do, make it more user friendly. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. I, I, I think I told you, I, I wish they took that last 5% of the game because mm -hmm. it's not all just like just at the last cutscene. It's There's stuff that goes on that they could spread out throughout the 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 rest of the game but they right. did and so it just right. feels weird it doesn't it feels i don't know um then again now that being said i think they tied a lot of loose ends up they tied everything together perfectly i'm like how are they going to do that oh that was brilliant you know mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. like that yeah um and also that being said for non-players it, it's kind of weird you, you almost don't even need to play kingdom hearts 2 or even dream drop distance which was the game directly before this mm -hmm. to make sense you need to play birth by sleep which is huge you won't even understand what's on unless you're by sleep yeah. and it's on like the psp like right. Vita, which no one had that's like such a weird which of course they released the the remixes which that's how i played it is Which that is, is that that one's in the 2.8 final mix? Is it the final no, like no, 2.5? Oh, okay, okay, I have yeah. that one. Okay, dude, play actually play it because it's okay. really for being a handheld game. It was one of my favorite. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. There's a lot of story behind it. There's stuff where I'm finding like, man, I kind of miss that game. After this, I'm probably going to go back and play that game. Yeah, um, there's a lot of fun stuff there. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. The story again, it's it's satisfying, but I don't like the way that they went about it. If that makes sense, that that makes total sense. And and coming from a, a standpoint myself of I have not played uh, the original games in a very long time. I did go back through and play Kingdom Hearts One. I bought the one point five, two point five Final Mix HD Remix um, on PlayStation Four. 
Uh, I actually bought it back on PS3 with the intention of going through everything, and and then I got sidetracked there. But I repurchased it on PlayStation 4, played through Kingdom Hearts 1, started uh, Chain of Memories, got kind of bored because I played it back-to-back, and it was kind of rehashing a lot of the same stuff, even though there's more. But uh, started Kingdom Hearts 2 end of last year uh, with the intention of just powering through it and getting getting to uh, this before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Um, didn't finish that, and I was like, I'll just watch a recap video. Watched a recap video, felt like I was even more confused going in. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I was like, what, what is happening in the story, man? This is insane. Um, but they they really do kind of sprinkle in a lot of, of stuff and like repeat a lot of stuff a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. So I think it it really is kind of this weird middle ground where they're making it too friendly for new people that they're not completely turned off by this story because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, negative uh, publicity for Kingdom Hearts as a franchise because it's so hard to enter into because there's so much going on. Mm. Um, and then they also didn't quite lean hard enough into it for the hardcore fans like yourself, people that do know these games in and out and really want that like that juicy story nugget dropped throughout the whole thing. You know, yeah, it's it's kind of like a weird half measure where like. Who are they trying to appeal to here? Like they're they're yeah. not appealing quite to either side perfectly. So, um, as somebody who does fall kind of in the camp of like uh, an average Kingdom Hearts player, um, I didn't I didn't feel compelled one way or the other personally. And again, I'm not at the end, so I don't quite know the like what everything's leading up to and um, everything I've heard about the ending, not specifics is uh is people are have are really pleased with the ending like people are yeah. genuinely pleased with how the game wraps up which is a good thing um i will say that the the main portion of the game where you're just going through the disney worlds um there's not a whole lot going on i mean it really is like there's not any like critical stuff happening in those stories so it kind of feels mindless at times um and a lot of the disney uh movies they just kind of rehash a lot of the movie plot, which is exactly. what the what what the old games did too, to an extent. You kind of replaying through this stuff again, and it's cool because you're like, oh, this is neat. I get to control the character, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it, what what I what I really like the old games. They've always been cheesy, right? And this yeah. game is like just next level cheese um, mm. in in so many ways. And it's sad because the games finally look like the movies do in yeah. a lot of ways. But then you something's just off about the characters like you, they they brought back so many of the original characters to reprise their roles. The entire cast of Frozen's there. You've got everyone from Tangled for the most part, like a lot of these characters, Big Hero 6, all of them, um, they're coming back and replaying those roles. But the timing is like off when they're when they're having conversations and like the animation's not quite right with the facial um, expressions and stuff. So it's well, like you're. To be mm. fair, that's only because it's directly translated from Japanese. Like that's, literally, it's, that, that's yeah. that's yeah, yeah. That's that's true. I didn't but I get it. That, but, yeah, it's but, it but, does, we're, but it feels these are, very weird. Yeah, yeah. These well, I mean, but like coming from a Disney fan, like I I love Disney. I've you know I I appreciate yeah. them and I know them in and out. Um, you these are American movies that we're used to, right? Yeah. And, playing through a game in English and seeing these characters that you recognize, you expect a certain level of polish. That's not yeah. there. That's like, it's, it's just like this, just this weird, like it's just slightly off. It just feels a little off and it's just enough <laughs> to, to bring you out of the scene for me. A lot of times where I was like watching and 
uh, and I'm watching with Emily and, and she's, you know, watching this too. She loves Disney movies and, and she just would make comments like, like what, like what, what, why, why does this seem so <laughs> awkward? You know? And yeah. I was like, it does. And then they just keep cutting to Sora and he's just like, Oh, uh? and it's like, what? <laughs> stop. You're like, just pick, pick what you want to do. Or you just, do you want to play through the Disney movie or do you want to make your own story? Like it's it, I don't know. Thank you, that, Japan. Yeah. That, yeah. That being said, um, uh, the story uh, for me, it's again, not, not at the end yet, but it's pretty forgettable. It's really like, I'm, I'm in it for just the gameplay, uh, which again, I've already stressed is like all over the map. Um, but I, I really like when it comes down to it, I'm here because I, I had grew up with these characters. I grew up with Disney characters. I grew up with these kingdom hearts, crazy anime characters now and the entire cast of characters that they've created. Um, so it's like, I, I'm kind of play. I feel like I'm obligated to play through this and see it through to the end. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. And another thing is they literally rely on you to play every game and understand yeah. every, like literally I was playing, they even brought the mobile game into this game. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the Keyblade Wars one. Uh, yeah, the um, unchained, was unchained? unchained X, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When even I won't spoil anything, but along the way, you're gonna see even more. Like, I was like, What? I don't even know what's going on because I must have had to play the mobile game, but they mm-hmm. completely, you know, tag that game. And even the movie, like, there's um, that one movie that came out that kind of goes along with the mobile game, like, you had to have watched that, like what there's, yeah there's a lot of stuff that you had to pull up on there yeah um, but yeah and i i know we'll probably be moving on soon but i do want to mention one big thing about the story that mm-hmm. pees me the most and i honestly i'm not that upset about the story because i feel like it makes up for it i just don't like the way it was so condensed in one part but mm-hmm. one thing that does make me mad and this is just about the entire game overall <laughs> there are no final fantasy characters anywhere oh yeah zero that, zil- yeah. zilch yeah, that was that's kind of a, a bummer. And I, I I get it. Like they've built this cast of characters now that is vast. I mean, there's so many characters now in the Kingdom Hearts franchise that are that are exclusive to that franchise that are not mm-hmm. seen anywhere else. So I understand that there's so many people that they want to get their story in. But yeah, I mean, this is a game, a franchise that was born from this beautiful weird mix of final fantasy and disney and you're missing the final fantasy now and it's like ugh, it, i i i agree i missed it as yeah. a big as a longtime fan of final fantasy games i was like where's squall exactly so, like the first game when squall runs out you're like yes yeah i was but, like whoa yeah. um that's my boy because yeah. i love final fantasy 8 yeah. and uh i'm like one of the only people who does so. <laughs> that um, being said though i think mm-hmm. they they do overall catch the magic of that. And I think that's what you're making where they have their mm-hmm. own characters now. And yeah, yeah. Like you feel the magic still. And I think that's, you know, my point, I, I like I get that magic. still. like even the gameplay, the gameplay, we talked about that, you know, mediocre, but the magic's there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll put that in my end notes, but I'll, you know, but that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm feeling is like the okay. story, not perfect in the way it was laid out. Yeah, but I get the magic, you know. Yeah. that's still there, and that's what this game is really about, you know. Magic, I like it. Um, before we move on to our our, our final thoughts, uh, what was your favorite world from the game? Ooh, that is a loaded question because I got a couple. That's okay. Um, I got three. 
three oh, that like okay. I love and I can't distinguish between the two because they're different in every way. Yeah. Um, I'll go in the order that I played them. How about that? So that works. A, um, I love the toy story, the toy box. Um, mm-hmm. So much fun. Like it really just the magic of like you're small, you're tiny, but you're inside a giant toy store. So it's just mm-hmm. like there's again, magic. It feels so cool. Like you're just a little kid going through the toy store and looking at all the cool stuff. I love that. Did you like, notice the Final Fantasy summons in the back? There was in I did okay yeah. in in the back of one of the toy stores. They had a bunch of action figures, and I was like walking by, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, hey!" There's all these Final Fantasy summons up there. They had Ifrit, they had uh, yeah. Odin, they had uh, Cerberus, like all these uh, Leviathan, all these different characters, and I was like, "Ah." I and that was their cap. There. That's how they got their final fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So <The> <laughs> I guess I guess you're wrong. I guess no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yeah, it was it's a nice it's a nice nod to their to their history of yeah. uh, all the summons and stuff. Absolutely. So that was my first favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um the second one, um, again, pirates. We talked a lot about that one, but there's mm-hmm. so much you can do there. If it had a little more polish, it'd be a fun like game in and of itself. Because again, right. it's that feeling a black flag where you're going around sailing. And I think it was a little more simple than black flag because black flag was hard. I had a hard time catching on to that, but it felt fun to attack ships and explore baby's first black flag, right? Exactly. This is baby's first black flag anyway. Yes. And then um, lastly, and you haven't gotten there so much fun, but is the big hero six. That one does feel a little more empty. Like there's a lot of space with not a lot to do. Mm-hmm. But just the sheer fact of like running up the sides of buildings and like gliding all over the place and you, you know, using dude, it's just so much fun. You feel like you're in Spider-Man. Oh, that's cool. It literally. It's so much fun to just run up the sides of buildings and jump around and uh, destroy the enemies at the top of a building and then mm-hmm. lay down and get them on the streets. It was, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Those- I'm excited to get to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I really enjoyed Toy Story. Um, at the time, I was like kind of ex- I had really high expectations for Toy Story because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and so I was like, man, they, they got to hold up, you know, to this. And it, I was a little bit bummed out that they didn't get the original voice cast for everyone. They did get a lot of the side characters in there. Rex, Mr. Ham, like that was fun to see those guys. But, uh, you know, Woody and Buzz, they did a great job. Um, not not Tom Hanks and uh uh, Tim Allen, but they did get Jim Hanks, which Jim I Hanks. I found out is Tom Hanks's bald uh, brother, which sounds remarkably like Tom Hanks at times. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, all right. Um, guy who played Buzz Lightyear did a great job too. Uh, it, it, you know, it, again, there's those times where you're expecting this this level of polish from the the movies. And then you get the game and it's like, there's just a little bit off. It's not really the same characters, so it doesn't feel quite right. But um, the overall game itself inside the toy box was fun. Um, I loved doing the, uh, like the mech battles. You like hop into these robots and and walk around and get to shoot a bunch of stuff and fly around. So that was fun. Um, You know, looking at the rest of the Disney worlds, I really, I really wanted to like frozen. And I mentioned that I was a little disappointed with how it was overall the um the ice labyrinth portion of it I really liked, but um I'd probably have to say Corona the um yeah. the tangled area I love that that felt yeah. really really great after the toy box which was a little bit more claustrophobic at times going over yeah. to that world it was a bit more open to an extent 
um, just beautiful. And like the enemy types were very uh, different in there too, which was fun. But the um, I'm having a blast with pirates right now. I don't know. This might end up being my favorite once it's all said and done. I am just about to set off on like the big open world ship exploration portion. Yes. So um, I'll report back to you uh, <laughs> after that, after I'm finished yeah. there. And then once I get through the San Francisco, uh, Big Hero 6 world, which I'm I'm very excited for because that was a, a, a great movie that get, caught me by surprise. Caught a lot of people by surprise, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Love All right. So, Josiah, now that we've gotten a chance to discuss our thoughts of the game, I'd like to get your overall recommendation for the game. Is this a must buy, wait for a sale, rent or skip completely? Hmm. So. Con- that. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And and that's this is where I'm going to say there, oh, this game fell apart in, in a, quite a few ways, but the magic is there, especially for the fans of it from the beginning. The magic's still there. It still feels that same. The, what you love of the first game, it's still there. And I, I don't lost that, which I was worried. I'm like, man, are they going to capture that again? Or is it just going to feel like a big you know, blockbuster that they're just trying to rake money in? It does not feel that way. It feels like it still has that heart there, that magic that you felt at the beginning. And I love Mm -hmm. that. Again, we're in 2019, so there's some ways where I feel like it really did fall short. And I'm like, man, it definitely feels like a PS3 game. But there was something that it it scratched that itch there that was there for Kingdom Hearts. It it satisfied me in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's what I'll say. For someone that's a big time fan from the beginning, it's a must buy. You got to pick it up. I mm-hmm. would, I'm super glad. I, again, I've been playing this nonstop, but I'm still not tired. I'm captivated, especially now that I'm at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to know what happens now. Mm-hmm. For someone that's, you know, a lay person, first time playing, or someone that's just played some of the games, I would say it's a buy at discount yeah. or, you know, something like that because it's, Definitely. I mean, if you don't go into this with that same magic and those memories of playing it as a kid, yeah, it's, you're not going to feel it. It's going to be like, this game is really made in 2019. Yeah. You know, yep. So that's what I'd say, because for me, I'm, I'm loving it. I can overlook some of those things because I know where it came from. I know yeah. the story, like the back of my hand. So I really appreciate that. I put the time into it. A lot mm-hmm. of freaking time, mm-hmm. hours. I'm talking hours. Yeah, <laughs> but a good, a good payoff for you then. Exactly. But if you yeah. don't have that time, you don't have those memories, the, that nostalgia. It's not going to have the same effect. It's going to okay. feel, yeah, a little strain. You're going, like, eh, I don't mm-hmm. quite get it. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Fine. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm in a very similar boat as you. So I would say if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, then you you absolutely must play this one. Uh, it's a must buy for you. Uh, I would say that it's definitely the best iteration of any of the games, at least that I've played through yet. Yeah. Um, just in terms of bringing everything together and really building upon that to an extent within combat and adding all these different systems and mini games and this and that. And like, there's a lot to do in this game. There, you're just, there's plenty of time to be invested for sure. Um, that being said, if this is your first Kingdom Hearts game, I would also say wait for a sale uh, unless you're a huge Disney fan uh, because there's definitely some awesome moments from the Disney side in the game that you probably haven't experienced before in any other games because uh, I'm sure you're aware Disney does not make games anymore. They stopped making games a a while ago. 
So this is a great way to experience a lot more of the modern Disney classics like Frozen, like uh, Big Hero 6, like Tangled, and then uh, get to explore some of those Pixar classics like Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. Um, But just understand going in that the gameplay, just as you said, Josiah, is not quite up to modern 2019 standards that can be found in other action RPGs. So uh, I would say wait for a sale if you fall into that camp. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, uh, Josiah, I want to thank you once again for joining me on an episode. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure being on here again. Love it. Awesome, man. Where can people find you online? So I've really, my main place is uh, Instagram. Um, I'll be on there probably later tonight. Uh, I'll maybe even post in my um, story some of those images just so y'all can see what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) See how bad my Xbox One is. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yes. uh, And that's just Josiah underscore Mills. All right. Awesome. Uh, And once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYEpodcast or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll make sure to answer your questions on the next episode. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the Inner Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists Be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists. (laughs) 